And I suppose I'm a firm believer in giving back. You can take, but you should also give back. Right now, things are changing in the world, and they're changing here at UQ. But within all this change, there has been a profound lesson in the importance of community, and that even in our most difficult times, we find our own ways to give back and support one another. My name is Zoe, and this is the fourth in a short series of podcasts for our celebration of Giving Week in lieu of our traditional annual giving event. Today, we're talking to Emeritus Professor Gwendolyn Joel A.O., who has been a part of the UQ community for more than 50 years, from a physiotherapy student to a researcher and an educator, and now as an Emeritus Professor in the School of Health and Rehabilitation Sciences. Recently, Gwen generously took part in the Create Change Scholarship Match to establish two new scholarships for physiotherapy students in need. This is her story of giving. So obviously your passion for physiotherapy is lifelong. And do you remember what it was that sparked that initial interest? Well, that's a, a little bit of a strange story because I was enthused about physiotherapy from a teacher that I had in high school. Who, who in fact was a physiotherapist and she was teaching us zoology. And in fact, about eight of us from our year ended up doing physiotherapy. But anyway, I have certainly found, I found physio challenging. It had what I liked, which was contact with people and being able to help and, and, and serve people. And, and physiotherapy has a very, very close clinician-patient contact. Uh, which is very satisfying. So I understand you recently took part in the university's Create Change Scholarship match to create two new scholarships, the Gwendolyn Jell AO Physiotherapy Scholarship Endowment and the Jubb Physiotherapy Scholarship Endowment, the latter in partnership with two of your colleagues, Associate Professor Yvonne Burns AO and Elaine Uncles OAM. Could you tell me a little bit about these scholarships and why you decided to take part in the match? Well, the, the colleagues that um, we put the Jubb Scholarship into, it was the 80th year anniversary of physiotherapy at UQ a year or two ago. And we worked on that, looking at the history and, and uh, providing a whole lot of historical material for that. So that was why the three of us were interested as a group for the one scholarship. And on that day, in my Beaumont, the advancement officer had asked Sandy Brewer, the then head of physiotherapy, to explain what ideally, or to list what ideally she would like in the support from the alumni. And one of them was to provide scholarships to help our students when they start doing clinical placements. Uh, Clinical placements are very competitive in Queensland. There's now five or six universities who are who are seeking clinical placements. So our students are sent far and wide. And this can be, you know, quite difficult for them because they may have accommodation, et cetera, in Brisbane, and then suddenly they've got to pay for five weeks accommodation in a regional or, or country, country town. So some of them really do have financial hardships. And so one of the requests which really attracted me was to provide a scholarship which would help students who were under financial stress or disadvantage maybe help them in that third or fourth year of their physiotherapy course when they would need money to support themselves, particularly uh, in gaining their clinical education. 
Yeah, and is that something that you saw quite a lot in your role teaching students, is that they were struggling with having to pay for this additional accommodation? Was that quite a common trend that you saw with students? Yes, yes. I mean, it's been there for a while, but I suppose it's become more critical as we've had to send our students further afield, in fact, to, to gain these clinical education opportunities. I mean, in the, in the up until the, say, 90s, mid-90s to 2000, uh, the University of Queensland Physio School was the only physio school in the state. Mm. And so there was no problem getting clinical placements. So you didn't see the troubles there because the students mainly were placed in locations around Brisbane. But now that we have that five or, as I said, six universities around the state looking for clinical placements, they can't all be provided in Brisbane. And so students have to uh, go further or be prepared to go further afield. So it's a problem that has probably increased in its dimension for the last, I suppose, 10 to 20 years, but quite crucial now. And I imagine that experience is obviously so important to those students to get that clinical experience before they go into the field. Oh, it's absolutely essential. And I mean, it's part of their learning, it's part of their registration requirements, etc. So the clinical education side of the course is vital. With those people who you created the job scholarship with, what was your relation to them? Our colleagues, past colleagues. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned before, well, not past, I've still present colleagues, yes. colleagues, colleagues that I've worked with for many, many years. And as I mentioned, um, uh, we came together again to gather Mm. a lot of the material for the 80th celebration of the 80th year anniversary of Physio and UQ. And I understand you were a graduate yourself of UQ. I was. Has it changed a lot of the course from back when you did it and, and to what you were teaching nowadays? Oh, absolutely. Oh, dramatically. Yeah. Absolutely dramatically. So I graduated in, um, 68. Mm-hmm. And the circumstances then were that physiotherapists could only treat patients under referral. Mm-hmm. And so it was in the mid-70s that that ethic was changed and, and physiotherapists could act as primary contact practitioners. Well, that one act in itself revolutionised the course because we had to uh, train the students more in their clinical reasoning and differential diagnostic abilities to recognise, for example, musculoskeletal conditions. So that created the first sort of major, major change in the, in the curriculum. And then as we've progressed, taking on that first contact ethic meant that we were then responsible for the development of the science and evidence base of our own profession. And so the profession has just developed dramatically over the last sort of 20, 30, 40 years. Mm. And so it's almost unrecognisable as a profession. Well, not unrecognisable, but very, very different from when I graduated in 68. With your role at UQ, you also interacted a lot with students. What do you find you gain most from interacting with students? I interacted with students at both undergraduate and then we had specialty postgraduate coursework degrees as well as our research higher degree. So I interacted with, a, with students at all levels. I find students just so stimulating. And, and the undergraduate students, it was their quest for knowledge was very, very stimulating. And, and they're, a very, they're a very bright group and very, very enthusiastic. So I used to love teaching the undergraduates. 
the postgraduate students were a different kettle of fish because they were they were ones who pushed me hard because the postgraduate students had all come in and that had you know usually around about five or six years of clinical experience in the field so they they were starting to know what they really wanted to know and what they wanted to get out of pro of, of the program and so i found that their constant challenges um uh, well it, it was excellent it, it, it kept me on my toes kept us thinking the whole time um and they were very enjoyable or they are still a very enjoyable group to teach and I suppose, again, um, teaching with the postgraduate, the PhD students, again, that was quite challenging and just, just made you think. And, and we were lucky in that the postgraduate masters students often fed into becoming PhD students. So we were getting PhD students who, who were very, very good clinicians and they very, very much knew what sort of questions that they wanted to answer. And so they were just an absolute joy to supervise. Mm. So I think it was the students, it was interacting with them. They are all extraordinarily nice people. They are all very, very enthusiastic. Um, and they were just a joy to teach, really. Yeah, it sounds like that was a really, um, something you're really proud of in your careers, having that role as an educator. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The students, you're a lifeblood, really. As a part of this sort of slightly different celebration of giving this year, we're looking to talk to people about why they've decided to give. And so what do you think the importance of philanthropy is and what does this gift mean for you? You can take a lot. And I suppose when I first started giving donations to, to UQ, I had taken a lot and, and UQ had given a lot to me, not only as a, as a student way, way back, but also as a staff member. Uh, UQ provided fantastic opportunities for my career and my own self-development and career development, etc. I, I genuinely believe that when you take, you should give. Give and take is what the world is about. And that, that's probably the basis of why I have donated various mm -hmm. things. But it's all, it, it was also seeing a need with the students. Uh, and these scholarships, because I'd been thinking, and these scholarships to me were an ideal way of giving back. I'm a firm believer in giving back. You can take, but you should also give back. That was Emeritus Professor Gwendolyn Joel for our fourth conversation in our inaugural Giving Week podcast series, talking about her support of physiotherapy students at UQ. If you'd like to know more about giving at UQ, please visit giving.uq.edu.au for more amazing stories and ways that you can support our students, staff and researchers. I'm Zoe McDonald and thanks for listening.